Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is Episode 76. John and Wendy talk to Mike Sipple, Jr. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How you doing, John? I'm great. Wendy, I know you had just put out a great episode of Wonder Women with Minda Hearts. Yep. And yep. I think you wanted to talk briefly about maybe a giveaway. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Like, maybe another <laughs> book giveaway. Another book giveaway. I was so excited to help Minda Hearts promote her book. She has written a book called The Memo, which is on track with what she does, helping women of color secure their seat at the table. The thing about the book, though, it's not just for women of color. It is for everybody. And so everyone needs to read this book. And I felt so strongly about that, that I told Minda that I wanted to do a giveaway of an autographed copy of her book. She was game. So we have a raffle going right now. And the way you enter the raffle is uh, you'll go to the show notes, go to the link, and you will be given many ways to enter the raffle, including tweeting about the book, sharing about it on Facebook, liking her page, liking our page, following her, following us, all sorts of fun ways on social media to help get the word out about Minda's book, get you to her podcast. She also has a podcast called Secure the Seat, which is fantastic. Highly recommend it. And if you haven't yet, go back, listen to our episode with her because we have a lot of fun talking about the book. John, I hope you don't mind, but we put out a call to have Beyonce on the show. So we'll see what happens. You got to make the ask, like Miss Val says. We had Miss Val. You never know. You never know. So <laughs> you never know if we don't. If we don't ask, and, and hey, if all else fails, maybe you could get a Beyonce lookalike, soundalike. Hey, that might be fun too. They did that at Sherm when they couldn't get Martha Stewart at one table. <laughs> Although I saw the pictures, and I have to respectfully disagree. I didn't think it looked like her. Anyhow, <laughs> well, enough talk yeah. about lookalikes and anything else. Yeah. Yes, definitely check out the contest for Minda's book. I had a chance to visit with our guest before you were able to come on tonight and told him, you know, I am legitimately so excited to have him with us tonight. Started listening to his podcast last year. We run in a lot of the same circles and it was just really exciting to talk to him way back. And then before we got started tonight, I'm going to stop. I'm going to let you make the introduction. We'll get started. Really excited to welcome Mike Sipple Jr. to the show tonight. He is the president of Centennial, which specializes in talent strategy and executive search. Mike is also the founder of the Talent Magnet Institute and the host of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Known as one of the leading connectors in the executive search industry, leaders have benefited from his advice, guidance, connections, and expertise. His extensive experience supporting forward-thinking and growth-oriented decision-makers of family-owned businesses, privately-held organizations, and private equity groups all across the world. He partners with leaders and board members who have a strong desire to build highly effective leadership teams and healthy organizations to achieve their next chapter of success. He also believes that to become a talent magnet, you not only have to attract the best, but retain the best. Mike and his firm serve organizations that operate regionally as well as globally. Leaders and companies utilize Mike's expertise in succession planning, talent acquisition strategies, employment branding, community engagement, and building high-performing executive teams. Mike is sought after to speak to associations, peer groups, and organizations about how to become a talent magnet. Well, Mike, welcome to the show tonight. I, again, I am really excited to have this conversation. First question is, what's in your glass? Well, Wendy and John, thank you for this invitation. And because I'm sitting in bourbon country, uh, the great region of Cincinnati, Ohio, and the state of Kentucky, I have to show that it's all about bourbon. So tonight I'm enjoying Elijah Craig 18-year. 
and looking forward to doing this podcast with you. I love it. As a native of Kentucky, as a Maker's Mark ambassador, I highly approve. (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) Mike, you know, again, we've had a chance to talk a few times over the last year or so and gotten to know you through social as well. I know you're in this executive search world. How did you decide to pursue the family business when it came to executive search? Basically, John, paying for school. So I joined my mom and dad's business in an effort to pay for school. I actually went to school to learn about turf grass management and landscaping, and I never left. So here I am 19 years later running our family business uh, that's been around for 44 years. And that's what led me to staying in the business. So, you know, I always relate to, I love the way my dad and mom's team got to interact with people and the way they really got to understand people's behaviors and what's holding them back and what their limiting beliefs are. And in a lot of ways, that's what we see ourselves as a good executive search consultant helping lead and grow businesses. The siren song of grass management just didn't do it, huh? (laughs) That's right. <laughs> I'm a weird one that I enjoy fresh cut grass and fresh laid mulch. So <laughs> I don't think that's weird. <laughs> well, now, have you ever gotten to work in terms of placing folks that are in that industry? In fact, I have not. What I do, I mean, there are a few people who are executive coaches in that industry that I follow pretty closely. So that's the closest I can say I've, I've gotten enough. to it. Nice. I love it. <laughs> Mike, what's the most exciting thing you're seeing with your clients when it comes to developing their workplace cultures? And how do you think others could apply those same techniques? One of the biggest areas, Wendy, and I love a recent episode that you had, is on inclusion and equity. Organizations are starting, leaders are starting to realize we are the ones who can do something about equity. And we are the ones who can make sure that inclusion is the action that we're taking to involve everyone. And I see the impact that has on cultures by really enabling, you know, what we say to bring out the best in all people. So that's something that we're investing heavily in with a lot of our clients. And we're hearing not just spoken about, but we're seeing actions and strategies put into place. So I think the rally cry for inclusion and equity, you know, it's been said to me by one of my mentors, Dr. Janet Reed, that if diversity is the noun, inclusion is the verb. And if diversity is being asked to the dance, inclusion is being asked to dance in really heavily leaning into that space. The other part we talk a lot about it is individuals need to treat people like people. You know, I love what Steve Brown says that we are allowed to care about people. It's okay. And it's, and it's legal is what he said on our episode of the Talent Magnet Institute 35. We need to care about people. Uh, I was recently on a panel and there was a leader leading that panel who talked about, you know, where the greatest noise comes from. And if we could just get through the, all the employees who create the noise in our lives, we could focus on the high performers and that's where we need to be as leaders. And honestly, I stopped her uh, in front of the audience in a very respectful, kind, loving way. My comment is that we need to know why those people create so much noise. We need to understand about their lives. We need to understand more about their stories and we need to help them. And maybe we can be the first to do that. The first employer, first organization who's ever asked them about them. And, and we're seeing companies do that. I'm a big believer in that it makes a significant impact. I love that. I think you're right on the money. I mean, both of the things you talked about are very similar because it's all about inclusion and making people feel wanted and welcomed when they come into work every single day. Do you have any easy action items for our listeners? They want to up their inclusion within their organizations. 
So one of the things is to to seek out people in your community of how to lead courageous conversations. You know, as we say, a lot of people avoid discussions that others wish you would have with them just to generally get to know them. Sometimes we need a facilitator for those. But let's talk about like, let's ask people questions about them and their culture and the way that we need to be. How can we be more inclusive? What does that look like in our workplace? How can we engage you and make you feel more comfortable to be bold and courageous? Having the conversation is critical. I also, you know, if you go like to uh, Google Harvard implicit bias, there's a great quick free survey around implicit bias that you can look up. That's a good tool just to see how you naturally are wired. And what it does is it highlights a lot about how, you know, we're all wired to feel comfortable around those that we were, you know, call it grew up around. And we need to force ourselves to be as comfortable with people that don't look like us and talk like us and think like us. And that's especially important for the leader at the helm. Those are just a couple things. You know, a lot of communities are doing really powerful work around inclusive capitalism and conscious capitalism and inclusion and unconscious bias training. I would say that if you haven't done any of that, I would encourage you to put some budget behind it and get your people into some of those trainings and development. Mike, you launched Impact Cowork earlier this year, back in January, and it's been fun to watch the pictures and some of the progression of that space. I guess talk a little bit about what led you to start and what have you learned so far? Where do you see that headed? Appreciate you asking about that, John. So our organization is all about convening people. So one of the things that we we were actually, what started that was us looking to move. So we were looking to physically buy a building and to kind of put our various businesses and teams together under one roof. And uh, we were encouraged by an advisor. You know, he looked at our business and said, guys, you and ladies, you are all about convening people. So why don't you buy something big enough to launch a co-working business and bring people together, create community? I was with a client today at a um, annual Vistage event. You know, the client said, like, not only is it the most comfortable boardroom we've been in, but it's really cool to be in your space, knowing how much you all have invested in us and um, things that your business has done for us. And we will be back. That was our goal, kind of build a convening space. We've got a lot of um, not just entrepreneurs, but what you would say is like middle market business executives that are members of this co-working space. So we call it an executive co-working space. And really, um, I'll just share with you that IMPACT um, stands for investing meaningfully in people, acting in Christ truths, trying to basically invest meaningfully and try to help people. So it's not just a place for you to come and hang out and get work done, but you're allowed to ask, hey guys, I need some connections. I need some resources. I need some help or some coaching. And that's kind of the part of the community that we're building, being very intentional. I love all how everything you're doing, Mike, is about connection. Everything. I think that's yeah. why we're talking. It is. And I think that's important. <laughs> and I, I love that you're doing that, which leads us right into podcasting, too. So you started Talent Magnet Institute podcast the same time that we started our show. Has the show gone in the direction you planned initially? What's the response been? And what's been your biggest surprise? Boy, it's a great, great questions there. So I think similarly to what I've heard from the two of you, it's been a humbling experience. You know, I saw a graphic uh, many months ago, probably half, maybe a year ago, 
that showed like the amount of weekly listeners, what 25 listeners looks like, what 150 listeners looks like, you know, when our episode peaks at 320, what 320 listeners looks like a week. It's a lot of people. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, as I'm sure the two of you do. It's amazing. People come back every week. It also, when you go out in the market, inevitably someone comes up to me and either gets really emotional because of an executive they heard that got very personal about their leadership or lack thereof, or talks about, you know, hey, you should really have my friend so-and-so on because he or she's doing something impactful. So that's been, you know, that's been a very humbling experience. Um, It's kind of blown me away. I also, you know, share with everyone, podcasting is not for the faint of heart. It is a lot of work to produce a weekly show, as you all know, and it takes a lot of planning and a lot of great people. So we're, I'm surrounded by a bunch of great people who are helping me with this effort. The other dynamic are the topics that we cover. So traditionally, um, you would think that an executive search firm would talk about interviewing and recruiting and retention. Our goal was to go much deeper than that. Some of the discussions we have are on poverty and are on interfaith respect and relationship, on the depths of despair. You know, there's a lot of executives that are suffering with mental health challenges, depression, illness, alcoholism. And we're interviewing leaders who have been through those journeys to help another executive around the world that might listen to it and go, wow, I'm not alone. You know, what we learn in executive search that there are a lot of leaders. The old adage, it's lonely at the top is very true. And we're trying to focus on how do we help build healthy and effective individuals that can transpire to teams, communities, and families. So that's been another fun angle to take. And uh, as some say, boy, you cover a wide variety of topics, but I always try to get something out of it. So <laughs> so we thank them for coming back the next week. Well, Mike, as we were talking about a little earlier, there are so many great podcasts out there on all kinds of topics. I really appreciate and respect what you're doing and how you're doing it. We're going to talk about how you give back to your community. There's such a community focus, and I don't have to be in the greater Cincinnati area. You know, it really is while it may be sometimes focused locally, there is something to be applied everywhere. And I really respect and appreciate what you're doing and how you're doing it. I hope some of the listeners, hint, hint, if you haven't listened to Mike's show, that you'll give it a, a listen or two, not just necessarily the ones that we're going to be on, because yes, this is our fourth crossover now, Wendy, yes. in the last year and a half. You are putting content out there that it's just a, a different perspective and one that I really, I personally really appreciate. No, I definitely agree. And I think it's nice to see the different content that you're putting out, Mike. So I, I appreciate what you're putting out there, too. Very excited to uh, continue to listen and continue to learn from you. Thank you for doing that. Absolutely. It's it's an honor. Mike, it is time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. Who was your first professional mentor and what was the most important or impactful thing you learned from them? So I thought a lot about this and it's hard to go between my grandfather and my dad, but because I formally work for my dad, he is the chairman of my board now. I'd have to say my father and my mother. I work with both of them. The most important advice is know the difference between your circle of concern, your circle of influence and your circle of control. Um, And I have to admit that doing this 19 years, probably 14 to 15 of those years, I wrestled with those three things, circle of concern, circle of influence, circle of control. You know, I always joke, it took me to be promoted to president before I could look back and say, gosh, dad was right 98% of the time. And a lot of it had to do with right there. Mike, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? 
Thought long and hard about this one too, John. <laughs> when you prep me, this would be the qu- one of the questions. I'm going to say a hashtag. So the hashtag HR tribe has been awesome over the last year. You know, I think it may have started at last year, Sherm, or maybe a couple years ago. In the last year, I've really tried to get more involved with the people inside that community. And it has been awesome. Um, learning about others' podcasts and reading other people's blogs and people sharing insights. And to be frank, people sharing some of their life challenges too, and how everyone in the community has come around people inside that group. I'm going to take the easy route out. It's so hard to name just one. Follow HR Tribe on Twitter and then go follow all of the people in that community and it'll make an impact on you. It's a wonderful community. (laughs) We made it specifically harder because everybody was naming the same people and I didn't want to put everybody's name in the show notes every week. (laughs) (laughs) We never know who we're going to get, but we got so many used to be, oh, here's like a list of six people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. I get it. Same people. (laughs) We've had some other people do the hashtag thing, Mike. I get it. I get it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to be very curious how you answer this one. How do you enjoy giving back to the community at large and to the HR community? I love speaking about loving people well. Um, I specifically love being on panels about that topic and seeing how the room responds, what kind of eye contact or fidgeting or uh, nonverbal cues I get when I talk about that. We need to put people first. Businesses go nowhere without humans. And we need to take in those, those individuals that we're gifted to engage with, employ, lead, and learn from, more importantly. I love talking about that. I also am very involved in our community on various boards. I serve as board chairman for a private club in Greater Cincinnati called the Metropolitan Club. Um, I serve on the board of the Garing Center for Family and Private Business. It's the largest college-based family business program in the country. I also serve on a uh, board called My Pre-K Works, which is all about early childhood education and advocacy. And uh, most recently, I was asked to serve and join the board of the African-American Chamber of Commerce in Greater Cincinnati. So those are just some of my community engagement and volunteering all through the talent and the business lens. You know, we own three businesses and then always bring kind of a talent lens to the to the uh, workplace. Mike, what's your favorite movie? Fast and the Furious, the series Fast and the Furious, I absolutely love. Huge Vin Diesel fan. And when they added The Rock to that series, it got even better. So I'm going to go with Fast and the Furious. Do you have a favorite one out of how many are there, like 25 now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so there are, I would say the one, the last one Paul Walker was in okay. is pretty special. And the soundtrack to that is amazing. The YouTube video of that theme song of that particular movie is awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the last one that Paul Walker was in. How about your favorite musician or band? Um, so my favorite musician hasn't changed in a long time, and that is Kirk Franklin. I'm a huge Kirk Franklin fan um, and have been for almost my whole life in terms of, of music career. Band-wise, um, my wife and I both grew up playing instruments, and so we're kind of, we bounce back and forth between jazz and rap and country and vocal and classic. But I have to say, just I, I love emotional songs. I'm kind of an emotional guy. So uh, Mercy Me and Third Day are two of my ultimate favorites. Love Third Day. I need to pull that CD out. Or I guess it's not a CD anymore. But <laughs> Just go to YouTube and hit play right. is what we do in our house. So. 
we do have uh, iTunes or Apple Play with Apple Music here. So I'll just have to uh, tell Siri what I want to listen to. Mike, how about a favorite TV show? Let's see here. So I'm, I'm trying to think who what recent guest said this on your podcast. I'm going to say Big Bang Theory is one of my wife and I's favorites. I think Callie said that. It may have been Callie. <laughs> I have to share my Fast and Furious story because it happened at Sherm 18 when I was rooming with the illustrious Ben Eubanks. Fast 8, I think it was, was on when they were racing the sub. Yeah. And it was one of the most ridiculous <laughs> things I've ever seen in my Isn't life. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> I, I've seen one other one. I think I saw Tokyo Drift. Oh, okay. I think that was a, it was one like that didn't have anything to do with the rest of them. But when they were racing on the ice, oh, it was, it was hilarious. It hilarious? Who, who actually thinks that's real, right? <laughs> <laughs> Doug Benson used to, I think it was Doug Benson. Somebody used to do a joke about people that went by narcotics and that he wanted to put on the beginning of Transformers based on a true story. So yeah. <laughs> it really freaked some of the people out that were stoned. <laughs> Same thing with it. Yeah. <laughs> Having said all that, though, if you're not watching those Fast and Furious movies, not listening to Kurt Franklin or watching Big Bang Theory, what else do you like to do outside of work? So I've got three young kids, um, 12, 9, and 8. So you can usually find us cheering on those kids, hanging out with friends, their uh, teammates, parents. I also uh, love to throw baseball, shoot ball, you know, thinking throw, toss, and shoot. I love playing sports with the kids. My wife and I also, and my parents just bought a historic uh, mansion in January, which is what we moved all of our companies into. So you will find us on the weekends pulling weeds and working in a building that uh, seems like it could take all of our time and resources. Mm -hmm. So, um, so in our free time, we're also working on this, this property. Well, and finally, Mike, if you weren't in the HR profession, what do you think you'd be doing? At this time, I'd probably be a full-time podcast personality because <laughs> um, I, I really love sitting across from people, learning so much from people who come in or people I talk to on video or over voice. But in, in all seriousness, I'd probably be a CEO of an economic development organization or a chamber of commerce. I love bringing resources, communities, and businesses together, which I think speaks to a lot of my sales personality and extroversion nature. But I'll stick with podcast personality. It would uh, I could manage my time a lot more effectively with that. <laughs> Love it, Mike. I was really hoping you were going to say working in the soil and <laughs> business. Because oh, I, I'm so fascinated by that. I know one other gentleman that had pursued that type of degree way back, and then he ended up becoming a vice president of Southern States and worked through the ranks there. But oh, wow. kind of stayed around the business, you know. But anyway, he's long retired. He's a, become a, a, a good friend over the years and has helped me uh, along along the way when it came to job search, what have you. You could certainly be a podcast personality. We'd probably maybe get to talk to you at some point, but we're glad you're doing what you're doing. We really appreciate, uh, again, what you're bringing to the community. And I really do appreciate what you're doing and how you're doing it because it's filling a need there that that it's, it's necessary. I know some of the listeners that may not know you now that they've heard you here, want to going to come check, check you out. What's the best way for them to reach you out there on social media? Go to MikeSippleJR.com. Mike Sipple, S-I-P-P-L-E-J-R.com. And that will provide you links to our podcast, our podcast community, our blog, all of our social accounts and our various brands. I also have included a couple free downloads for people on one on toxic culture and one on being a better boss. So the listeners can enjoy those. I, my team put those together for us. I hope everyone finds value in them. We will have that in the show notes. Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for the listeners to find you? 
best way always on my pod on my my podcast that too <laughs> on my blog mydailyjourney.com daily is d as in dog a i l e y and of course the fourth sunday of each month you will find me on twitter at 7 p.m eastern time as part of the monthly hr social hour twitter chat how about you john Best way to find me, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Click on the left-hand side of the screen. You'll see through the three lines at the top there. Drop down to all my social accounts while you're there. Listen to other episodes. Maybe that episode with Minda Hearts of Wonder Women to get that free book. Make sure you're checking that out. Know when our shows come out with Mike on the Talent Magnet Institute show. We'll put those out and let you know about them as well. As we talked about before and we say it again, we appreciate everything you do to help us boost the signal rate, share, review, anything you can do, everything you do. We always appreciate it. Mike, again, really appreciate you being with us tonight for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye.